Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Adam Ballard. I'm Travis Sim. And I'm Ralph Enough. And you've heard... Are you guys the most famous people in, in Omaha? I mean, probably. I mean, Adam is now. You got one actual master and one almost, almost master. But almost doesn't count, right? Because this isn't horseshoes or hand grenades. Nope. Coming in second or third doesn't really matter. But I'm sure, I'm sure you're crying on the inside, but outside you got to be happy for Adam. Always. It's it's a going joke that it's always going to have an asterisk by my master's win because Travis wasn't actually there, though. So. <laughs> That's between us. Well, awesome, guys. Let's jump in. What are the hobby updates? Travis, I, I know you paint some stuff. I put models together. You put models together. I'm working on painting. I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning to paint. What does Grant Barnes have on his table that he's painting for you? Grant's helping me finish the Northern Alliance. Our uh, Huskarls had a little bit of a from issue this summer with the humidity, so we're redoing the Huskarls. I'm putting together some Rift Forge orcs, um, finishing up my goblins to make them all mantic, stuff like that. So it's Armada. I got a lot of boats. We'll talk about Adepticon probably in a minute, but, you know, there's going to be an Armada event there. And so you guys have played a lot of Armadas. You guys are probably coming clean up. I mean, hopefully they don't schedule Armada over the Kings of War events. Like they're they not going to last they're... year. No, Blake said that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. I think so. Adam, what's on your hobby table? Rob, I don't have a hobby table, it's but a, it's uh, right here it's in my house. I did just pull out some old elves uh, that I'm going to be taking to uh, Kansas City for a one day this weekend. So they definitely have some wear and tear on them, but we're going to let them ride again. So Now, is that something Michael Sigler is running? Yes. Yeah, Michael Sigler and uh, Josh LaFoon. Josh uh, used to be out of Iowa. Iowa. I, I remember the name. I remember the name. Yeah, and he uh, he got married, and his wife's in the Air Force. They actually got deployed to Alaska for a couple years. So he's been out of it since, like, the very end of second edition. And then just, uh, what, three or four months ago now, um, he moved back to Kansas City. Um, so he's uh, only a couple hours away from Des Moines, where he originally was, So and back in the mountain region with us. So uh, we're getting him back in, but... Both of those guys are kind of co-running the event. And it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good turnout. I heard something like 16 players, maybe, for a one-day. That's uh, it's pretty good. That's awesome. 16 players for a one-day. Yeah. And Travis isn't even going, I hear. So. Well, that means you can win again, then. <laughs> maybe. We'll see what the L's do. I, I don't think it's a optimized list by at all, but uh, I, I don't really have any lists i'm sold on at this point so i'm just trying stuff out how many uh silver breeze uh i have two regiments in this one honestly they they're just not what they were before the 18 inch bows are really making me sad still so but we'll see well i'm sure you'll pull it out you know (laughs) 
I mean, you're, you're the master of the elves. That's right. Don't let Keith Randall forget. No. Well, someday you'll have to actually come and play Keith and actually pound him into the ground. Because Now, you didn't play, and Travis, you didn't play Keith at Kings of Memphis last year, did you? No. He, he somehow managed to dodge you. Yeah, he dodged me. I got Nathan instead, and he shot like elves. So Exactly. <laughs> oh, Keith and I have met up, and uh, I'm the reigning champion, Elf on Elf. It was That's back, uh, it was second edition. It was uh, the Chicago Masters. Uh, we played each other round three or round four, I think it was. And uh, he didn't believe in the power of Silver Breeze, and he learned. And and what's after the Kansas City GT? You got anything else for this year, or is it, you know, we're into 2023 before you'll have another event? Yeah, 2023, which we got a few tournaments that we're looking at, but haven't locked down anything yet. We're... We're just kind of up in the air, but we're, we're likely going to make one, if not two, of three events, which is uh, Kings of Winter out of Springfield, Missouri, uh, Shiloh Slaughter out of Arkansas, and then Adepticon. Uh, from the sounds of it, a lot of people are going to be at Adepticon. We're going to try to do a, uh Airbnb to get you know a little bit more cheaper rooms and just hang out with the guys that we like to hang out with and you know, if that if that works out, I think that's the number one on our list of, of the three. So, yeah, we've started weekly episodes on the world of Adepticon because I think it's going to be a huge event this year. Trent is coming back from Germany uh, and we're, we're going to be staying uh, in Chicago and we're really excited about hanging out again because I haven't seen him since KCGT. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. That'll be awesome. Then knowing he's going, I think that sells my ticket right there. So I mean, it'd be awesome if we get this thing to like 75 players. Get to the point where they actually have to find more capacity for us. I think that would be cool. Because I think the most we've ever had was 2019, maybe. I think I think we had 60-something. I think they hit 62. Yeah, that sounds right. Like low 60s. So it'd be nice to go to that next level and, and go 70. Now, obviously, all that's going to be outdone by best of the rest uh in 2023 right obviously that's our goal that's what we're here to talk to you about tonight rob exactly so let's jump in let's do a little uh you know kind of a preview on the omaha u.s masters coming up in uh july of uh, next year one of the things i was curious about you know obviously this is the what sixth masters seventh masters seven seventh masters do you guys remember them all i you now adam you've been to all of them right yep Travis only missed this last one. I only so. missed Seattle because of the baby. So, oh well, I mean that's a legitimate excuse, though, right? Like, like if you're gonna have an excuse, having a child is a, is a good excuse. I guess you guess not not good enough for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yes. made it when I had my kid. Just saying. Well, my due date was on that weekend. So, well, and in, 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 in terms of a year or two, though, it was a, a more expensive trip, right? Yeah. Coming out of COVID, the hotel and the the flights, and everything was just you know it w- it was a more expensive thing. But it was nice to go to the West Coast and kind of give um give them an opportunity to showcase the game. And I'm super pumped with what you guys are going to do because obviously you guys have a known track record for me. I've been to Bug Eater at least at least twice, maybe maybe that's it, just twice. But it's a great event, so. Uh, but yeah, just for those who don't remember, we started Kings of War U.S. Masters back in 2017 in Nashville. Actually, it was supposed to be in Atlanta. I'm Atlanta? sure we all remember that, right? Yeah. And I had to make, and, and 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 I was the one that kind of figured out. Wait a minute, the guy who's running it, uh, this isn't going to work. And I had some real hard conversations with Mark Cox. He's like, dude, this is not going to work. And I, you know, it was a real difficult Thanksgiving uh, in in 2016 when I was like, 
look, man, we're supposed to run this thing in February. This thing is falling apart. Water under the bridge at this point. We pulled it off and it was fun. And that was the first time I met you guys, you know, Travis Trim and, and Adam Ballard and JT was there too. I think JT was there. Yep. Yep. That was the Omaha crew at the time. So. That's right. I, every time I say Travis, I got to call him Trim. I don't know what it is, but I have like a mental block from calling him Tim. I think Tim should be reserved for a first name. It's all right. You can call me Tim. We'll just have to make shirts for you, Travis. I get, yeah, I guess how to spell my last name. Team Trim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, after Nashville in 2017, we obviously, you know, and that was won by Patrick Zorro Allen, uh, and then we went to Chicago, and that was a lot of fun, and with Alex winning it, Alex Chavez, and that was the year of the, you know, the big showdown with the Dominate in the last round, uh, and you guys had a funny story about the Chicago Masters, right? That was me. Yeah. You know, when I had my kid, uh, his birthday was February 16th, and I think Masters happened. It was literally less than a week later. I still made it to Chicago, but only because uh, a couple of our mountain region guys had to drop out week of and scrambling to get some replacements, you know, knowing my son and my wife at the time were healthy, I was uh, given permission to go. I got kind of lucky that it was just a perfect storm. And then I also screwed Travis because I talked him into taking my list to Masters because at the time he wasn't playing Filthy Goblins. Um, So then I just took my list back from him and (laughs) he got to play Chris Kapsner's Herd on zero practice. (laughs) So, But Grant Fetter was supposed to run it and then Chris kind of came in last minute and, and and ran the event. So it's a good sign, you know, when you've got, lots of people that are willing to help and step up. And that's what it takes to do to pull U.S. masters 2019. We went down to San Antonio and Brad McKay won the whole thing and proceeded to get twilight King and chariots in general nerfed into oblivion. We're still feeling it. We're yep. still feeling the ramification. And then 2020, that's the one I didn't make. Uh, I had a business trip and I just, I just couldn't make it with the timing and stuff, but that was on like a great time up in Elmira, New York. Oh, it was a blast with Eric Trowbridge and his dirty, dirty orcs. Winning, and that was the first time we had a best of the rest tournament. I recall, as yep. I recall, yep, yep, it was great. I mean, best of the rest was the one of the things that made that Masters really stand out, and kind of in my mind, it was one of, if not my favorite Masters events that I've been to. All accounts, it was a great, a great show. I mean, Corey Reynolds, dude, John Vanasa, they're top notch. They they always do primo stuff. And then twenty twenty one, kind of a COVID year. Nobody really wanted to run a Masters. Right. So thanks to Mark Cox for stepping up and we used the Lone Wolf venue and uh, Keith Conray took it out. And Travis, you came in second. Yeah, I beat him. I think the, I think it's the first year the master has actually had a loss. Uh, you, I think you're right, because previously they were all six and oh or a tie. Yeah. At worst, a tie. Because I think Patrick Allen was undefeated and Alex Chavez was undefeated. Eric Trobich was undefeated. I think you're right. I think it might have been the first time that the person had a loss. And then obviously, you know, we, we, we've probably tired of talking about it, but 2022, our buddy here, Adam, took it out. But, you know, he had the crutch of Night Stalkers, which, you know, he, he pulled the Brad McKay, and now he's got Night Stalkers nerfed into Oblivion as well. To be fair, it was just the models and units that I was taking for my master's list that got nerfed. Everything else in the army is still good. And it's still very playable to this. So you just lost the spell ward aura that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We all lost them. Yeah. So now, now lightning bolt spam is a thing against you. It's probably for the best. And, but you know what? You're right. I think we're still going to see night stalkers on the table and they're still going to be good. 
And for those who don't know, kingsofwarmasters.com has been put together documents of this whole thing. You know, it's got pictures and lists of who won. It's also got a tournament calendar with like events and stuff. So if you haven't checked it out, you should. Mike Atkins runs that. Yeah. So that's something that Mike Atkins put together for the for the U.S. You know, Mike Atkins is like the godfather of websites and social media, right? Like he is the godfather from a King's War perspective. So we big thanks to Mike for putting that uh, Kings of War masters.com together which is the u.s um site for the u.s for the u.s masters and it's great though there's like i said there's an event calendar there's a way to there's like links to contact your your regional rep and it has the standings of who's who's in you know the top eight in each region and stuff so it's awesome so let's go in the way back machine obviously you know let's talk a little bit about your history with the u.s masters adam's been to all of them tim's been to all of them except for this past one in, in 2022 but i remember I'm standing there. We're like maybe sitting up tables and these three guys from Omaha show up and I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And I, and I guess it might've been James Valdez at the time was the region rep. And so three, of you guys and James were the, were the official mountain region. And then you had four more Mercs, I think. Yep. That sounds right. At what point did the mountain region have a full team? Um, we definitely had a full team at New York. Uh, I think, do we have a full team in San Antonio as well? I think that was we had two drops at the end, but we were going to. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We we had to, we picked a Federer. Yeah, Federer's like the he he's a mountain region player at heart. Because he was with us in Chicago, and he was he plays you know, in just as many of your events as he plays in his own region. And let's be honest, right. he's not good enough to play in his own region. That is saying a lot, though, because the mid you know Grant Federer is a good player, and especially. When he, uh, with his Alohi army, he's uh, really kind of hit uh, his stride. I think when it comes to competitive play with it. So, uh, but Midwest is is definitely stacked with a lot of good players. So, but uh, yeah, so I think San Antonio was the first one that we had a full team, but we had drops like week of, which seems to be kind of our uh, the history of the mountain region. But then New York Masters, so 2020, we uh, actually fielded a full team from from the mountain region. What are your guys' memories? I mean, you guys have been to so many. Any highlights? I mean, obviously, Adam, I mean, winning this year has got to be a highlight. But what other highlights are, are of the of, of the various events? I'll let Trav take that one first. I really like the best of the rest, the extra people there, like just the being able to make it. It felt less of a Masters and more of just a regular get-together tournament GT, you know, because it was just everyone was hanging out. You know, it was super nice about New York is the Canadians came down and came to Best of the Rest. Um, I spent – we closed down the bar. I hung out with them all night with uh, Matt Carmack, and we got way too drunk Friday night. But, uh, <laughs> but it was good. I mean, I – you know, just the whole getting to hang out with everybody. I mean, honestly, like that was my biggest disappointment. I getting to go to Seattle was getting to see everyone that I don't get to see on the regular basis from the other regions, um, you know, from traveling um, us in Omaha. Everything's like if we want to go out of region, it's six hours base, if not farther. Um, you know, so it, it's just nice getting to hang out with Jeremy, you know, over on California, Mike Adkins, those guys over in mid-Atlantic, like just seeing everybody. Uh, for me is honestly the main reason I want to make masters every year is just to go hang out with everyone. Um, but there's, there's way too many fun memories of just hanging out and just the crazy games. And my favorite memory is that the first masters we're giving out the awards and we say best racking player and top circle Serpico stands up. He's all presumptive. Obviously I won it. 
and it was Mark Cox who won it. And so Mark right. got to tell him to sit down. It was great. <laughs> and, and for those, I'll have to put a link in the show notes. There's actually a video of that. Uh, it was the whole room just died when Todd's like, oh, okay, I kind of get my, nope, you didn't win it, Todd. Uh, good stuff. That reminds me of the New York Masters when I think there was a, a tie or it was like really close on one of the uh, regional awards. And I, it was between the Midwest and the South. Uh, and I, th- I think it was a tie. So we I were think, in the middle. Uh, yeah, I think Corey said, so we're going to have to have a fight for who actually wins it. <laughs> and Mark Cox stands up, just rips, rips his, shirt his shirt off, off. <laughs> and is just, you know, doing his wiry stuff. <laughs> And and then uh, John Green sitting down, and he's literally just pointing at Dustin, like, "Yep, he's got it. I'm I'm just gonna stay sit." Dustin Howard, Super Beast, uh, is is a if you haven't met him, one of the gentlest guys in the world, super nice. But when you see him, he is imposing. He is an, he he cuts an imposing figure. All chess. Who was the guy, Adam? I think you had to play him in the very first Masters down there in Nashville, and he that guy was a monster. Oh, uh, it was... Yeah, David Bowman. It, it's what uh, Lone Wolf names their best general award off of. That, he was a lot of fun. The f- he had that really cool uh, Bissell Dwarf army. Yeah. Yeah, with the old with the old Chaos Dwarf models and stuff. Yeah. I had to play him last round of Nashville Masters, and Mark Cox is sitting on the table next to us playing his game and didn't realize that I had the Crystal Pendant of Retribution on one of my units. And I, you know, it was one of those where it's like, I thought he knew because I gave him the list. I didn't like just advertise when he's charging. Oh, that has the crystal pendant. But he rolls up with like two units of wraiths and kills it. And I'm like, okay, well, roll out the damage you do to yourself. He's just standing there like shocked. What are you talking about? He's just wiping my ass at this point, just kicking my ass off the table, just murdering me. Um, But uh mark cox literally looks over is like oh that's awesome and he goes to give me a high five and i'm looking i'm like don't give me a high five you're gonna get me killed (laughs) (laughs) it's been it's been a wild ride obviously this is our seventh one It's, it's been fun and i think it's been interesting is that we've learned we've learned a lot of different things there's things you learn every year and i think we're just getting better and better so i'm i'm excited to see you know uh what you guys do and that's maybe my first question for you guys i know how much work it is why the hell do you want to do this? Hanging out with everybody. Now we don't have to travel. Everyone gets to come to us, honestly. Well, that that's the greedy version, but... Uh, <laughs> that's my version. Trav and I, as well as many of our other uh, local groups, the Outlanders here in Omaha, uh, really had a sit down and kind of chatted uh, back when we wanted to promote Bug Eater um, of, you know, what do we want out of a tournament and how can we, you know, provide that and, you know, just kind of spread the word that this is, this is what you're going to get. And really we, we try to make it a community event. Uh, so for bug eater, we do everything we can as far as opening our houses to everybody, having a barbecue with, you know, food provided. And uh, when we were talking about doing master's bids, um, we were looking at, hotel venues and doing things that the typical masters uh, has been in the past. Um, And we really just weren't finding any luck getting anywhere uh, for like reasonable price range or anything like that. Um, So we kind of said, well, let's play to our strengths and try to make this uh, as community focused as try to welcome people and show them what the, uh, the mountain region's all about. 
Um, so that's why we wanted to do it is to really put our touch on the masters and uh, show people that, hey, when you're coming here, we're going to go out of our way to make sure you have a good time. Obviously, we've got Adam and, and Travis on. They're only two of many people. Who else is going to help you with this this grand endeavor? Because it's definitely not a one or two man show. Uh, I can speak from from uh, firsthand experience. I'll uh, I'll talk to a couple. I'll let Trav take a couple. So we have people uh, helping out uh, on the uh, the media front. So uh, we're going to have a big shout out for Grant Barnes, uh, who's a, a local Outlander here in Omaha, as well as uh, Matt Carmack uh, from Texas. They both already committed to not playing and to host a live stream. Uh, we're uh, at least going to have two tables. We're looking at three uh, tables live stream. Uh, ideally, we're going to have one of those tables be dedicated to a best of the rest uh, so that we can get uh, you know a variety of players on, uh, on that live stream. Um, and I know uh, in talking to Matt, I've just told him, hey, you tell us what you need and let him run it from there. But he has a lot of good ideas to try and get people that aren't at masters involved in the live streaming and uh, just try to make it really great to connect with the community that wasn't able to make it. And then uh, I think the other big, uh, big puzzle piece that we have here locally is uh, Tim Lonis, um, who runs war chess creations as well as uh, he's created his own software for, uh, tournament scoring, um, which has come a long ways, and uh, it, that is something that hopefully will be uh, uh, revealed here shortly, and that's what we're going to be running our events off of. And once it's ready, that's when everybody in the community will uh, will start hearing and uh, seeing all the information when it comes to masters. You can pay then you'll have uh, it'll be a one-stop shop for everything you can pay there you can see everybody who's signed up you can find the link to the rules you can find the link to hotel venue so it it, it it's really the the thing that we're we're looking at uh, rolling out uh, hopefully uh, early on this next year january february so and then i'll let travis talk to some of the other guys we have helping that uh, for paint and stuff yeah, so for paint, we're going to have some local outlanders from other uh, tournament scenes uh, for 40K AOS. Uh, just guys who are great painters. They're going to come do all the painting. So they'll be Adam and I reviewing it at the end, but like they're going to have at least three judges painting everyone's army for a good average. The paint judging everybody's army by three, three judges is awesome. Yep. And so gets rid of the, the weirdness of. You know, one person's opinion, right? You got it's kind of like it normalizes things a little bit. Yep, and we're gonna you know get with them here, come in, you know, once we get some stuff organized, figuring out what you know the what the paint rubric's gonna be, and that's all gonna be on the war score thing, so if everyone can see it, it's out there. It'll be you know uh, fully uh, visible for everyone. Um, you know, that's kind of a, a big one in our books, right? Like it, it helps Adam and I focus on just the tournament aspect of it as opposed to you know a lot of events you're running it and then you have to take that extra time that you can't you know converse with people do other things and you're paint, trying to paint judge but at the same time you got people coming to you all the time um i've always found that was a hard balance when i was toing um because you know you want to you don't want to shortchange someone's army right like that to me is the worst feeling is you know you miss something that looks good or isn't good and you're giving it the wrong score 
but those uh, those three guys is going to be uh, JT. I think Chris Douglas. Uh, we have and we have Bo as well. So we we have four guys that have committed, but we're going to have at least three of them doing it. But then uh, Tim Royers, the head of uh, Bug Eater, he's the one who got us all started years ago. Uh, for the you know, it's kind of a convention now almost, but all the tournaments that we do at. The high school uh, for Bug Eater, he started it with the Outlander group, and we've just uh, all backed him. He's kind of our overhead, getting all the helping us get the food organized and all the stuff, um, kind of like we do at Bug Eater for the background stuff. So big shout out to him to helping us out uh, for getting the weekend, um, you know, the location, all that stuff. Um, and then obviously just, uh, you know, Russ Barnes and Billy will be there. Um, as always helping, um, you know, we, we can never have them stop helping us. Like those two are huge. Um, you know, Billy gets to go to a lot of tournaments with Adam and I, you know, the three of us go to everything and Billy's always helping, you know, clean up, set up all the stuff. He'll probably be running some of this stuff with, uh, Matt and, uh, Grant with the media stuff as well. Cause he's real good with that stuff. Um. And then Russ is just, he's our leader. He's the Outlanders leader. He's the reason Adam, Billy, and I are where we are to doing this stuff. You know, hopefully he get, he'll decide to play instead of help. But but the old boy always wants to run stuff, so. He's the OG of Omaha Wargaming. Yeah, he, you know, he never plays. He always wants to do all the other stuff. And it's like, come on, Russ, let us do it. Let us take over the mantle of doing it. But. You know, and we're going to have others, obviously, just all the Outlanders will be helping. So I think you guys are doing it the right way. You, you, I mean, gosh, Bug Eater's been going for what, 11 or 12 years now? This was our 11th year this year. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, at this point, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, just take what you, was good about Bug Eater and just roll. I mean, you're doing a lot of, you know, same venue. There's a lot of, you know, the, the lunch thing. A lot of that's very similar. And so, just use what you know already works. And I wish, gosh, Rob, you don't know how much I wish we could just throw a big barbecue in the backyard. But with the amount of people that we're expecting, it it just wasn't really in the card. But I but I have faith that you guys will figure out something, some alternative thing somewhere. There'll there'll be something. There'll be something. Yeah, got some ideas that I'm sure that we'll we'll touch on here. So absolutely. Well, we should mention that uh, the event is going to be July 14th through 16th, 2023 in Omaha, Nebraska. Any plans for an event or any events on Friday? I know the Masters is typically going to be Saturday and Sunday, but is there any of any ideas of I mean, or is just set up and hang out? We should have the uh, the venue, uh, the, the school venue um, at the very latest Friday afternoon. Uh, there'll be set up. There'll be plenty of space for open gaming. There's extra space so people can bring board games and whatnot you know the the one big thing that we know is going to be uh the i think the toughest hurdle that we've had to overcome and we're, we're trying to make up for is that since we're at a school uh there there is no alcohol on the premise here's the thing i've been to bug eater multiple times it's never an issue we just know that it uh, you know a lot, many other events, alcohol while drink, while playing is just kind of the norm. So being outside the norm, it, it's something that we feel that, uh, you know, it, it, it is something that uh, we felt like it was going to be the key to hold us back from getting the bid if we if we were to get turned down. But thankfully, we got the, the votes we needed and uh, majority spoke. Probably important to touch on that, too. The way this works is we have eight regions. You put your best bid forward. You get the regions to vote for you. 
And what I think some people might not understand is your bid is important. You got to have a decent bid. But at the end of the day, what's even more important are the relationships you build. You know, you guys have put a lot of legwork in the last couple of years going to other regions, going to those events, obviously showcasing Bug Eater. You're also advertising, you know, I know Travis. I know Adam. I know Tim Lonis. I know these people. And so when it comes time to voting for a, a bid, we have a relationship that can't be understated. Every time a person's won a bid, it's because people were like, yeah, I like Corey Reynolds. He's awesome. I like John Vanoss. They're going to do a great job. Put your best foot forward and you hope you've built good, strong relationships. And like you said, you got to get five out of eight regions to vote for you. You guys did that. And I, I think location is a big thing for us as well. Uh, obviously, our competitor was the Mid-Atlantic region. And like you said, relationship-wise, the the names that they had, hell, I, I would go to an event with those names in a heart. Nope, we, even, we even said we'd vote for them. <laughs> If it wasn't us putting our foot forward, we would have voted for him. Right. When we when we looked over the bid, I was like, I, I'm fine if we don't get it. I'm excited about this bid too. And I, I think I think we should state that uh, one of the, the big things and why we're pump, uh, uh, really uh, talking about the best of the rest is the fact that our location does not have a cap. We can have 1,000. We can have 5,000 Kings of War players. We have the space for it. Terrain would be a different <laughs> issue, but we have the space for it. And the tables. Yeah. Bug Eater location is out of a high school. We have access to three uh, full-size gymnasiums, plus ev- everywhere else, a library, a commons area, a cafeteria. Um, so it can't be stated that we we have the space. And so that's why we're, we're looking at this and we... You know, we're excited because we don't know what to expect when it comes to the number for a best of the rest event. We, we, I think Travis and I were talking like 60 is probably our like low ball. I mean, you think about it. How many you get for bug eater? 50 players. We've averaged like mid forties. So if you get the people that normally show up for bug eater, which are mostly people within some sort of driving distance and you double it, right? Cause now it's best of the rest. You're at 80 or 90 players. So, you know, it, it would not shock me in the least. And then we've got the 64 players for the Invitational. And we should mention, you know, Masters, we're going to do three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. What are you guys thinking for best of the rest? Is it still the same? Or is it just going to be five games, three and two? Or, or, or has that not been decided yet? It's not decided yet, mainly because of the numbers. Uh, we, we don't know how many people there are. If there are, you know, an equal 64 players, I don't see a reason why we shouldn't do a six game, just mirror it, just like the masters. But if we're, you know, looking at less uh, for whatever reason, then five games is probably enough. And if we're looking at a lot more then playing a six game, isn't going to give us a clear winner anyway. So five games is, I think most people prefer five game tournaments over six. So we're, we're leaving that up just uh, for now. Yeah, it, it's a good idea. Wait and see how many people, the the early tickets, the early receipts, what does it show? If you're going to have a big number, then you might need to have six. Uh, if you have a, a reasonable number that's, you know, that you don't need the sixth game from to, to really decide who the winner is, you know, then, then five is probably the answer. And, you know, maybe let's touch a little bit on the venue. Obviously, this is Millard West High School. First time I was there, I was like, man. You guys are rich. I was like, this is like <laughs> the nicest high school I've ever been to. So, and and that really was uh, shocking because I mean, I'm in Omaha. I'm expecting like cornfields. They're, they're they're not that far out there. They were pretty close. 
you're only a mile or two from a cornfield there, Rob. <laughs> I was say, we kept them hidden from you, Rob, but they were close. But why don't you talk to Lewis about the venue? Because obviously, Bug Eater's been there for 11 years. It's It's been a very supportive venue for not just Kings of War, but tournament competitive uh, tabletop wargaming in general. Yeah, so, I mean, this it, Bug Eater all came about because Tim Royers and JT... Uh, great check. Um, longtime players of fantasy games and um, just tabletop games in general. They uh, both worked there um, back in the day. And Tim had a vision that he wanted to, you know, we didn't have really any structured tournament scenes or places for people to play for, you know, bigger events. And, you know, so it started out with uh, Warhammer 40K and fantasy uh, was the actually just the two tournaments ran back in the beginning. And then, you know, we just kept growing it, expanding it. I don't even remember what there was seven or eight different types of events there this last year. Uh, I think we pushed a dozen if you're counting like the Armada. and. So, I mean, we've we've grown it completely because we used to not do Fridays. Now we do Fridays. Um, it used to only be Friday nights and then it turned into all day Friday events. Um, you know, we have vendors there. You know, so it's, it's almost like a mini Adepticon, honestly, is what I kind of attribute it to. It hasn't grown quite that big, but I think the idea is if we can get it that big, we have the space um, to do it. And, you know, it's always that first weekend in June. Um, so it's got the uh, consistency of that. You know, it's it hasn't changed. Um, I know some events, the problem is, is they change or move and it's hard for people to plan ahead, but it's always that weekend. But I mean, our our core Outlander group has just grown um, exponentially because of it. And we you know, across all game systems um, have stuck together, honestly. And I think that's the biggest thing is, mm-hmm. you know, if 40K ever needed help, like there was times where they were short paint judges, even this last year, I went over and paint judged for them um, during our Kings of War event. Um, you know, we, we we have that camaraderie that it doesn't matter who's playing what, we're just playing games. And we're all, you know, guys who enjoy playing games um, and hanging out. And that's really what it's about for us here in Omaha. And I think that has honestly helped us a ton that other groups have, you know, Kings of War is only Kings of War, right? Like there isn't a lot of cross camaraderie, I guess, or yeah, I mean, cross pollination, but you know, you know, and the schools just always hosted us. Millard's always hosted us. And I think there was one year we had to go to Millard North um, because the Millard West was getting their gyms redone and the, you know, they were fixing things that year. And they were more than willing to have us move to the other high school as well. Like, it, you know, we've never had an issue with that. Well, and we should mention, too, that the school does a lot for you. The event does a lot for the school. Obviously, a good portion of the entry fees for for uh, Bug Eater and for Best of the Rest and the U.S. Masters are going to go back to the school. So it's kind of nice that, you know, we're giving back to the community with playing tabletop games. Yep. So a lot of it goes to fundraiser for um, drama debate um it allows them to go to nationals and things um well last year i think they got to go to washington and we paid for bug eater was able to pay for 80 percent of the fees i think something in that had it for all 30 of them to go total raised was a little over six thousand dollars or something is the number that comes to mind so uh that's across you know all events at bug eater but Six thousand dollars going to uh, these kids uh, for a fundraiser. That's, you know, that's their fundraiser for the year. Is has been this event. So, um, 
with masters and bacheloress, we're just taking that same formula and applying it to this. So we obviously have other costs out of pocket that we, we cover, but everything extra that we get is going to go back to the kids in the school uh, as, as a donation. So uh, we've already set aside a specific amount, um, you know, good portion. Um, but if we get a, you know, a hundred man best of the rest event, that's just going to be more money for, for the uh, debate and the drama team. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things I like about the venue, you mentioned the huge space, literally like the most space of any event I've ever been to. So the point where my tables have tables, right? Like you've got side tables for your army to have a snack and a table to play on. Like it legitimately, uh, there is no butt to butt gaming at, at bug eater. Like I said, we can have a thousand people and you're going to have a full table in between, uh, your gaming tables. Still, it's just, it's just great. Parking's awesome. You know, sometimes like at Adepticon, if you don't get there early enough, you're like, crap, I don't know where to park. I can't, I can't find a spot. Parking lot's huge. Don't worry. I don't know how many kids are in that school, but it must be a very large student body population. There's like 2,000 kids that go to the school. It's not in a hotel. So you guys have booked a, a hotel for us, Fairfield Inn and Suites. It's just a few miles away from the venue. Uh, so more details to come on that. When the software goes live, all of that will be there, right? Links to the hotel and right. how to pay and registration and stuff like that. Great link. Yep. All that will be there. Um, but the big thing that this, uh, you know, the separate locations allowed us to do is uh, uh, we, we specifically picked a location that was close to the hotel, but it also has good atmosphere as far as restaurant district and bar district. We have a lot of uh, places within a short walk. So it's all within the same block area. So you you can be walking, you know, maybe up to a third of a mile, half a mile to a restaurant. But within a third or a half a mile radius, you have a dozen or two dozen different restaurants, fast food places, and you have at least a handful of bars. That That's really one of the key, key reasons why we picked this particular uh, location is to try and accommodate the... Uh, various crowds that we're going to get. We're going to get those people that want to be up till 4 a.m. close and, you know, close down the bar and come back to their hotel room and stay up and keep drinking. So you can you can definitely do that with this venue that we've picked. Up. I think a couple other things you guys are doing, which is really awesome. And obviously you're building on what we've done in years past. Number one is you got a van to shuttle people to and from the airport, which is great. And I'm assuming, you know, once you guys have all the details worked out, there'll be a, there'll be a contact thing to, let, let you guys know when you're coming in, flight information and stuff like that. But that's awesome, right? Um, I don't know how far the airport is away from the venue and the hotel, but I mean, it's Omaha. It can't be that far, right? It's it's like 20 minutes, 20, maybe 30 minutes in traffic. So that's a big saving there, though, right? People aren't going to have to Uber it. They don't need to get a taxi. And, and hopefully Omaha traffic's not quite as bad as... Uh, it wasn't Seattle. Seattle traffic was pretty pretty awesome. Now, our goal is that uh, nobody should be taking an Uber or Lyft to or from the airport. Um, so uh, when when time gets closer, I'm going to be gathering flight information. I'm going to make a spreadsheet. We're going to have a dedicated fleet of those Outlander supporters that we discussed earlier. Uh, all of them have said that they are able and willing to drive, pick up people, drop them off. There will be a rotation. You will have a designated driver at a designated time, and they will pick you up and take you to the hotel. 
uh, or to the venue. And then uh, every day going from the hotel to the venue within a certain time period, that'll be the shuttle time. So if you're outside of that shuttle time, you might have to take a, a short lift or an Uber. Sorry, but um, you know I can't can't be asking people to be driving all day uh, or be available to drive all day. So um, our our goal is that in the times we know people need to be somewhere, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get you there. I can see Adam now like in a little command center with like monitors, headset on, microphone, you know, with a walkie-talkie. He's, he's on disc. Uh-huh. I got CB. Yeah, we got that all planned out. That's that's our goal. That is literally what we're going to do. And we should mention, you know, an, uh, again, another thing that's really nice. I don't think we've ever done it before. Uh, maybe, I don't know about Elmira, but like you guys include lunch, right? Yes. Saturday and Sunday, which has that ever been? I, I know we didn't do it in Nashville. I'm trying to think if we've ever done that before. Uh, maybe Chicago. I think that might have been like we had a pizza dinner, but that was like an extra. It wasn't part of the registration fee. We should mention the fee is going to be 75 bucks. That's whether you're in U.S. Masters or best of the rest. It includes lunch on Saturday and Sunday. So best value in gaming, right? And uh, it was brought to my attention that uh, people with diet restrictions and whatnot uh, uh, have reach out to me as we get closer. I'll try to be asking for people to do that. Uh, we will have alternative options uh, available for certain dietary needs. Vegans, vegetarian. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, allergies, but it, in general, our plan right now is we're going to have uh, uh, chicken strips one day, so fried chicken, uh, either from uh, Raisin Cane's or um, Chick-fil-A. One of the two will be uh, provided one day, and then we'll have a pizza option uh, for the other day. I should mention, you guys do this for Bug Eater, right? So it's like, again, you guys are just playing into your strengths. And the big thing uh, with our venue, uh, we obviously know one of the big gaps is that uh, it's a school. It's not really located near other places to get food and easily access that food. So if we send you know, the 64 master players out to go fend for food for themselves, we could give them an hour and we're we might not have them all back in time. We've had the problem, right? Like when we were in, we were in Murfreesboro, right outside Nashville and stuff. I remember, yeah, you're like, okay, how long do we need? Because you hit some of those restaurants. They're not ready for the crowd to show up. 50 people go to Taco Bell. It's still going to take a little while. Exactly. So. And I and I know that's that's been a thing that a lot of um, masters have had an issue. And not just masters, just events in general, you know, historically have had like, oh, we're we're sending them all to the same bar or the same restaurant. And it's just, it overloads the staff and people are like, ah, you know, so. Especially on like a Saturday lunch rush or a Sunday lunch rush after, you know, like a, a church or brunch rush, uh, you know, those places are usually at a, at a higher capacity at that point anyway. So, so player pack time, we've got some stuff locked down. The, the council did vote 2,300 points is what we're playing. We're playing withdraw with with the minus one penalty to hit. Yes. We're playing no allies. I think that uh, the way Mantic addressed them was perfect, where they just come out and say, hey, it's not intended for competitive play because we don't got time to test all the ally possibilities and all these 28 different army lists. It's there as a rule, but not not recommended for competitive play. And you know what? Masters is a competitive team. You know, the other thing that I'm really excited about is you guys are going to, I think, the Elmira Masters did this where didn't the table layouts they were they all matched for Masters? 
yeah, I think New York was the first one that did that. Uh, from from my knowledge, from my recollection, um, and then uh, it, it went over uh, well at uh, Seattle this last year too. So um, that was something that uh, it was uh, when we sent out a feedback form to all the Masters players from this last year. Um, you know, asking them what did you like, what did you not like, and more specific questions around terrain and things like that. It was a overwhelming percentage of people that said I. I like the designated map, uh, and I liked that the map was tied to a scenario. So that way you don't have these r- weird tables that, you know, you're trying to play dominate, and my table has an impassable piece in the middle uh, of the dominate circle, but, you know, table two next to me here, it doesn't. Um, so it really allows for a more balanced uh, uh, play across the board. Uh, on that feedback, one of the things that... Uh, was also pretty um, pretty common that we saw was people liked the idea but felt it wasn't executed very well. The sizes weren't all consistent. Right, because of the size. Right, the layout was the same. If you just happen to know somebody that had a laser cutting business uh-huh. that could maybe help you with some terrain construction, you know, m- m- maybe that would assist you in this process. Rob, you know, that's a great idea. And one that Travis and I had a, b- a few months ago, you know? So... <laughs> But yeah, no, that that's exactly what we did. So uh, obviously, Tim Lonis, uh, War Chest Creations, check him out, um, is helping us with providing a universal set of terrain. Um, and uh, it, it will be universally same size, not exact same pieces even. He's, he's uh, uh, found multiple different pieces that are of the, uh, he's able to size to the same base. Um, so that way we we're not just sitting and looking at, you know, 32 tables of exact same pieces of terrain as, uh, but they will be the same size. Aesthetically, they're different. Yes. Functionally, they're the same. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. He started that, uh, the process of uh, getting those, uh, worked out a couple months ago and it's, it's still a work in progress, but, um, we'll have, uh, some painting sessions here, which obviously I won't be doing just so that people can actually stand to look at their terrain. Well, you can probably spray paint some stuff. Yeah, I'll prime. I'll prime. I'll prime. I'll, yeah. I'll sit there with the walkie talkie and tell us how to do it. <laughs> I'll just encourage you guys are doing a great job. Just, you guys got this. If you need me to uh, get you a drink. Uh, but yeah, so that was uh, honestly, I think one of our, our really big selling points that makes our uh, masters stand out from anybody else's. Um, so the, the thought of having the most fair, a masters possible, um, we really focused in on what we kind of discussed earlier, uh, painting has been a pain point and terrain has been a pain point. So we're trying to tackle both of those. And this is, this is our answer at this point. So, you know, hopefully it all goes over well and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get the feedback after it's all said and done, but. Uh, I'm happy with what the way it's shaping out so far. What's the target to have the player pack ready to go? I think at least the majority of the information for the player pack will probably uh, be ready early this next year. So January, February, we're, we're hoping to have a painting rubric involved in that. And I think the earlier we get that out, the better. Mm-hmm. But I, I do know that in the past, at least, smaller details have been decided kind of leading up to the event a month or two out. 
can't say that the player pack will be set in stone at a specific date, but I think that you can expect to have, uh, I would say, 90 plus percent of a player pack ready to go and available uh, early this next year. You just never know what curveballs Manti's going to throw us, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've, we've had to adjust a few times. There, there's a lot of new things happening, and I think with the app that Bantic has, uh, that really gives them the ability to kind of change things at any point in time. They don't have to wait for a cock update. So something new could happen between now and a couple of months out from the tournament, and we need to address it in some way or the other. So definitely leaving ourselves room to make changes as needed, but uh, we're, we're going to try to get everybody the information uh, as soon as possible uh, with the, the best accuracy that we can. I know from, from my standpoint, I can't wait. Every time we go to Bug Eater, we haul a bunch of gear. It's a lot of fun. We get to do, we'll probably, you know, we'll be there for three days. So we'll probably do some army reviews. And what else did we miss? You know, I, I can't wait to come and uh, the live streaming, the media coverage, we'll do lots of recording. It's, it's just, a, it's going to be a great time. And it's the one time of the year, really the national thing, because you've got people from all the, co- like, we'll have some players that'll make the trip for Adepticon, but here, you know, with some certainty, you're going to have eight players from every region. You know, the last couple of years, we haven't needed a lot of Mercs. You know, there's been a couple uh, with Seattle just because of the, the distance, but Omaha is in the middle of the country. So we should have full teams. I mean, other things that we've uh, maybe we haven't discussed yet is uh, obviously space is something we have. So we, we encourage people if you uh, want to set up uh, to be a vendor or, um, you know, set up like even just side games for demos and things like that. I, I think that there's probably there's going to be enough uh, foot traffic that you you would be able to do something like that successfully here. You know, reach out to myself, Adam Ballard, through Facebook uh, Messenger or any other way that you can find me is fine, too. We we definitely want uh, to get some sort of vendors. I know War Chest Creations with Tim Lonis, he's going to have some supplies there. I I believe uh, Mantic, I've talked with Kyle Przlinski, they're interested. So if they can set uh, a booth up. And I think the other thing we want to do is really just outreach and extend an invite to anybody and everybody whether you're going to play or not please just come where we would be more than happy to have you so uh, i already you know through the invite through kyle uh but i want to send it directly here ronnie we would love to have you but come come play some dwarves come play at the best of the rest get get some exposure you know, I, I think it would be a really big, really big thing if we saw Ronnie or, you know, any other Mantic employee fly out with their army and come play at, at the U.S. Masters. And it would just be a great, great time if the, if that were to happen. He, he drank half of our alcohol in, in New York. I had San Antonio. I mean. Yeah, in San Antonio, New York. He's been to a uh, and, and community. Pat's been to a couple. I know he was at Chicago. So yeah, it's a lot of fun when we get when we get the Mantic guys out. Uh, so hopefully we'll get a, a good turnout. And you know, you bring up a good point. You know, Kyle Timberlake, I'm sure you're listening. Make sure you reach out to Adam because I'm I know there's going to be a Friday night Dead Zone and or firefight activity going on because because there's one thing you know, Adam and Travis have a lot of room for activities. It's funny you mentioned Tyler though because I have you know told him I'm like, hey, whatever you want to do, bud, we'll we'll 
we have the space. Let's set it up. So Friday night demos, I bet Tyler Schultz is going to be the king of, hey, you want to play Firefight? You want to play Dead Zone? I got it for you. So um, I, I think there's going to be there's going to be a lot of uh, fun to be had um, on on Friday, on uh, Sunday evening even. So um, we're really looking forward to it. Well, we'll circle back like early next year when more of the details get worked out, you know, and the player packs closer to being ready to roll, you know, and we'll uh, we'll we'll circle back with you guys as more of the details are locked in. But what did we miss? Did we cover everything that you guys wanted to to talk about? I'd like to say if uh, you know for those listening, if there was something we might have overlooked that we we're already planning on, or if there's something that maybe we've overlooked that we should be planning on, just let Travis or I know. Uh, if there's something that we didn't cover that you would like to see at this Masters, we're going to try to try to do, check all the boxes we can here. So Masters is always exciting, though, right? Like every year, it's like it's always fun to go to the Master and see what's the spin that the region that's hosting. Nashville has a different flavor than Chicago, than San Antonio, than Elmira, you know. So it'll be interesting to see the pageantry that the Omaha puts on. That's that's what we're looking forward to. So. I think uh, this is the first year that the uh, uh, site uh, uh, for hotel and venue are not going to be the same or within a short walking distance. You you will have to travel. So I think that's been a uh, uh, kind of a reservation for a lot of masters and something that every master before had, you know, they had to check that box. So I'm hoping that even though we didn't check that box, we're, we're making the accommodations necessary to uh, you know, make sure everybody still has a great time. Thanks for listening and keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. By the way, Travis, have you been on one of our Army reviews before? Uh, yeah, before I have. I'm pretty sure. And has Adam been on? Because, you know, Billy has just finished his first Army review, and he was very good. So just to FYI, the bar has been set very high for you guys. All right. What army? Varanger. Oh, Varanger. you mean the only army he plays? Okay. <laughs> yeah, the army he super knows inside and out. Yep, perfect. Exactly. So, yeah, him, him and Mike Austin and Corey Walzer uh, did a great job. So, yeah, we're excited about that.